Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. The things we say, the things we say. Have you ever gotten in trouble for something you said? I never get in trouble. I'm lying, I'm lying, I'm lying. So the things we say, we had so many things to say about the things we say that we ended up having to do part two. So uh, I'm going to try to give you like a little bit of a recap, but if you're, there's no way we're going to be able to say everything we said about the things we say and what we're not supposed to say, uh, or it would take the whole time. So what I want you to do is it's called The Things We Say, and you can uh, find that on our podcast, the Love Him, Love Them podcast, and that's what it's called. It'll be the things, I don't know if it's the things we say or the things we say part one, but you'll you'll find it there. So let's go back to, I'm going to use that same scripture because this was actually supposed to be the Bottom half of that, but I may or may not have said a little bit too much and we ran out of time. <laughs> but for those of you who don't know me, my name is Linda Gunner and I am the co-founder and the volunteer CEO of an organization called Love Him, Love Them. So please be sure you go check us out on our website, lovehimlovethem.org. Uh, and if you love Haiti, the country of Haiti, or if you love to serve God by doing what he's told us to in James one twenty seven which is to care for orphans and widows who are in a hot mess. That's the LIV version of the Bible, the Linda International version. Um, then you definitely want to come alongside of us and help us here in the United States or in the country of Haiti. So Matthew twelve thirty six says, But I tell you, everybody is going to have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Because Jesus takes very seriously the words that come out of our mouth. So the whole premise of this next 25 minutes is going to be that people who profess to be Christians do not need to be using the same words and phrases that the world uses. And the whole reason for that is God tells us that we're supposed to be in the world, but we're not supposed to be of the world. So I'm going to run through the phrases that we talked about in the first uh, hour. And that was, I wish you good luck. I guess it was just karma. I'll be praying for you. Now, remember, these are things that we're not supposed to say as Christians. So you'll have to go back and listen to the first show to figure out why Christians are not supposed to be saying, I'll be praying for you. And then the last phrase that we talked to, no, there was two more. Uh, well, let me pray about it. So these are phrases that people who profess to be Christians do not need to be saying. And then the last one we talked about was, what's your sign? <laughs> I can't say that without thinking I'm fixing to ask somebody on a date. Uh, I, I, I have to, no, I'm not, I was going to say I'll have to look up and see what my husband's sign is, but that's, I need to go back and listen to the show because we're not doing that. Okay. Um, I want to I wanna follow up. There was one story that I didn't get to say on the last show, and that was when we were talking about let me pray about it. So, uh, and the premise for that was, is that if we're prayed up and if we know the word of God, that many, many times situations that we get in that we kind of want to say, oh, let me pray about that before I make the decision, we really won't have to pray about because based on the word of God and based on our knowledge and based on the fact that we've been prayed up before, um, it's just not going to be necessary. And I wonder how many times, because have you ever had anybody come to you and say, can you pray about this? And you go, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I remember the first time that happened. Um, a couple, 
now all of a sudden I'm not, maybe God doesn't want me to share why, because all of a sudden the re, what they wanted me to pray for has gone out of my head. But I remember them standing in our dining room, and it was these two ladies, and they, they came in and said, can you please pray for something, whatever it was. And I looked at my husband, I looked back at them, and I was like, I'm not going to pray for that, because I don't even think that's something that God wants. That It's not a, a prayer thing. And my husband looked back at me like, I cannot believe you just said that. And those ladies have brought that up to me time and time again about how grateful they were, because it showed them. That really and truly, if the answer is already in the Word of God, you don't need to you don't need to pray about it. It kind of reminds me of you know how when kids go to their mom and their mom says no, and then they go to their dad. There's really no use in going to the dad because when the dad finds out that the mom already said no, you're gonna be in big trouble. So I just had this experience recently. Um, we we had the thought as a board of directors we were going to open a Christian school here in the United States. Now, we already have several schools in the country of Haiti. We have vocational schools, lots and lots of students. Um, We're responsible for feeding over 5,000 children a day in the country of Haiti. But when everything started going haywire, for lack of a better term in America, um, with boys using girls' bathrooms, girls using boys' bathrooms, and all these crazy, crazy rules, we thought, you know what? We're going to open our own school. And that way we can also make sure that it's Homeland Security approved and we can start taking international students that have F1 student visas. And uh, so we did all this investigation. And then the board told me that um, if I couldn't find somebody to run it, that I was already stretched too thin and, and we couldn't do that. And so it all it all came to a quick halt. But in the midst of that... Uh, one of my daughters has been on the lookout for schools that we could potentially partner with. And so just a couple weeks ago, I had a conversation with a lady in a school that's close enough that we could literally have partnered with and put some of our uh, our students together there. And in the midst of the conversation, multiple things that she said were like, red, I guess, red flags. That's a that's a good point. So were red flags. Uh, there was not going to be any uh, any Bible study. No, it was definitely not a Christian school. And they had multiple things that were happening that, in my opinion, was completely against the Word of God. And so I very politely told the lady, thank you, but no thank you. And then I went back to my daughter and I said, you know, this, 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 which she actually sat in on the phone call and she apologized to me afterwards. She said, Mommy Linda, I had no idea she said, I didn't ask all of the right questions. I didn't know. But that was not even something. Now, I could have done like what I said in the last show. I could have told the lady, oh, I'll have to pray about it. But I didn't even say that. I just told her, I said, you know what? Basically, we're not lining up on the same page, and our thoughts are not the same thoughts. And so I'm going to have to um, – I'll give you some suggestions, but that's not the way we're going to go. So we've got to be very careful with what we say. And as Christians, we cannot be speaking things that go against what the Word of God says. So I'm going to move forward with another couple of items. Hopefully, we'll make it through this time. Sometimes I get a little distracted. But I just want to tell you the next phrase that you don't need to say as if you're a Christian. Okay? And these are pretty controversial, and you might uh, click off or hang up or do whatever, but I want to share with you what God has shared with me. Okay? So the next phrase is, it's not my place to judge. I hear Christians say that all the time. Right. And let me just give you an example. If you just heard or found out about somebody who's cheated on their wife, or maybe you uh, heard something on the news about somebody who's committed murder and you say, well, you know, it's just not my place to judge. That is not true. 
It is our place to judge. Matter of fact, the Bible says that we should make judgment about all kinds of things. I mean, we need to judge on false teaching. We need to judge on sin. Matter of fact, if you're a Christian, do you know that the Bible says that we're going to be judging the angels? Did you know that? I mean, we our, our whole governmental system is set up. Let me just tell you, 1 Corinthians 6.2 says, do we not, do you, it says ye, I can't believe I quoted the King James Version. That's so not like me. But it says, do ye not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are ye unworthy to judge the smallest matters? You know, that is the whole reason that we have the judicial system that has been set up in the word of God is because the the Bible, God has implemented in the scriptures because we are called to make judgments. We're called to make judgments about what's right and what's wrong. We're called to make judgments about what is evil and what is righteous. I mean, the key to not just say, it's not my responsibility to judge, but to make the correct judgment. I mean, and Jesus said in Matthew 7, 5, this is the whole key, okay? I really, really believe. Does anybody know what Matthew 7, 5 says? It's kind of tough because it, what it says is before you judge someone else, make sure you look at yourself first and get the log out of your own eye so that you can clearly see enough to take the speck out of your brother's eye. So the in that judgment, we need to be very sure that we're spending time with 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 God. We need to be sure that our lives are such that exactly that, that we're not being a hypocrite, that we're not. <laughs> I had a conversation with someone last week. What do you call someone that is able to tell everybody else what to do and the right way to do it, but they don't do it themselves, right? There's the quiz question. It's a hypocrite. It's a hypocrite. And so I, I really and truly think the reason that most Christians want to say, it's not my place to judge is because I think this this verse in Matthew is probably overriding them because they know they're doing something wrong. They know they've got a log in their eye and they don't want to get the log out to get the speck out of their brother's eye. So that guilt and that shame. So instead of getting yourself right with the Lord so that you can see clearly the way God sees things, it's just a lot easier to say it's not my place to judge. And yet we judge every single day, right? We judge, I mean, we are constantly judging. So there is a righteous way to judge and we need to make sure that we grasp the fact that, you know what, I, I really believe a lot of times that's what's going on in our world today. Christians are not standing up for judging what is right. Christians are, we 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 want to sit back in the background, but people that are full of unrighteousness and that do not profess to be Christians, they don't mind judging. They don't no no non Christians mind judging Christians, right? You, I mean, it's constantly in reverse. But for some reason, when a Christian wants to judge the difference between evil and right, or right, good and bad, based on what the Word of God says, it's just it's just horrible. And so instead, Christians sit in the background and say, "Well, it's just not my place to judge." Don't say that anymore. Don't say that. Stop saying that it's not my place to judge. It is your place to judge. But we need to learn how to judge in the right way. So remember that verse, before you judge someone else, 
Make sure you look at yourself first and get the log out of your own eye so that you can see clearly enough to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Okay, here's another thing. And I hear, you know, my husband and I do a lot of um, counseling. The do, do a lot of different counseling. But one of the big things that we do, because our marriage was in such a hot mess, and we had to go through biblical counseling. It's called nuthetic counseling, which basically means the counselor can only tell you what the Word of God says. And after we went through that, it, it changed our lives so much that my husband decided he wanted to be a biblical counselor. I had no desire to be a counselor, but it, you know, the classes were so long and he was going to be gone so much. So I was like, okay, fine. I'll just tag along and, and go to all of the classes and learn all the stuff with you. But that was, uh, I'm not a, an amazing counselor because I like to just bottom line it. My husband is much nicer. But one of the things that I hear in counseling a lot is this next phrase. And if you're a Christian, this is not something that you should be saying. I'm, I'm sitting at a wood table, so I was going to knock on the wood. I'm knocking on wood or jinx or I've got my fingers crossed. <laughs> We t- I just had a lady last week that said when 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 David gave her the uh, homework assignment and about how he was giving her hope and how her marriage could be restored and she was like well we'll just cross our fingers and I was like oh my gosh that's that's not what we need to do right when we say as Christians like I'm gonna knock on wood or jinx I hear kids say that all the time I think if they say the same word at the same time or something um, when you hear Chris- people who profess to be Christians say that or if it's kind of like we're saying that we think if we do certain things, good things will happen. And if we do certain things, bad things will happen. And if we don't do certain things, like if you don't cross your fingers or if you don't knock on wood, then things are not going to happen. I mean, that's if that doesn't work that way. You know, if you've ever heard somebody say, so far, my marriage is going well, knock on wood. I don't know why I'm giving a Southern voice to to when I say that, because I'm sure other people say it too. You know, you do know I'm in Georgia, right? Or you say, my job's going good so f-. let me Let me do it in not a Southern voice. My job's going very well so far. Knock on wood. It doesn't sound the same whenever you use a different voice. But what you're doing is you're indicating that knocking on wood or crossing your finger is like sending the idea that because I'm doing these things, then I'm somehow going to be able to fend off evil spirits or like bad fortune that may have been possibly coming my way. That's not how it works. You know, because I knocked on wood or because I have my fingers crossed that these bad things are not going to happen. You know, the other thing that does, I mean, just kind of removing of stuff that we should say and shouldn't say is it really takes away the personal responsibility to improve on the, on our own situation. And it, absolutely demonstrates no faith in God. That's all I could think about whenever that girl said, um, I don't remember if it was a week ago or two weeks ago, when she said, you know, well, we'll just cross our, because David, I remember David saying, this marriage does have hope. This marriage can be restored. Uh, God can make a difference. And you're, well, we'll just cross our fingers and see what happens. I mean, that's like taking God and just smushing him out of the whole picture and just saying that there's no way that you have, it's like you're putting all... All of your faith in luck. And that and those are phrases that the world says. You know, all these things that I'm saying that Christians don't need to be saying, these are things that people in the world say all the time and think nothing of it because the world puts their faith in luck. The world puts their faith in coincidence. Their world 
Oh, my goodness. I just thought about something. I'm going to tell y'all a funny story because the world, I got called out on this yesterday. Uh, the world does put their faith in luck. So I have uh, one of the guys here from Haiti, and he is uh, periodically, he travels around with us. We're traveling around right now. I'm on tour with five girls from that were part of the Haitian Orphan Children's Choir that came here to America. And then 22 of those 30 children that were in the choir have had the opportunity to stay here in America with host families. And five of them happen to live close enough to me that we're stay, still able to go on tour, <clears throat> right? So we go to different churches, different places, and we share our story and share about uh, the work that we're doing in the country of Haiti. Well, about six weeks ago, one of the guys that used to be a musician and does the sound work for us sometimes, he came to me. He said, Mommy Linda, I just got a text from Haiti, and a guy gave me some lottery numbers that I can play, and um, I just wanted to know what you think about that. And I was like, oh, my goodness, no, which I'm going to do a radio show on this because I am going to search out the Word of God, and you're going to find out why in just a minute. So I said, oh, no, 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 we don't play the lottery. That, that's just gambling. That's just no, no, no. The next day, this same young man came to me and said, Mommy Linda, I want you to look at something. And I, he showed me the lottery numbers that the guy gave him. And the next day, this young man would have been, if he had played the numbers, he would have been the only winner in that lottery. And he would have made, I can't remember if it was one or $5 million, something just literally ridiculous. And my immediate response was, boy, if they ever give you those numbers again, you better come tell me because I'm going to play the numbers and then I'm going to repent for it. Well, sure enough, this past week, he happened to come to that particular uh, performance that we did and he walks in the door and he goes, Mommy Linda, look what I just got. I'll never forget the numbers were 1307. He goes, I just got these numbers from the same guy in the country and he told me to play this in New York or Florida. And I was walking into the church and I said, boy, we got to play those numbers. And do you know that one of the girls that is traveling with me pulled me aside and told me, Mommy Linda, that is where the world puts their faith. That is where the world puts their, in luck and in coincidence. And in uh, the Bible tells it. And I said, you know what? I don't care. I said, do you know what we could do with a million dollars in Haiti? Are you crazy? This is ridiculous. And she was like, Linda, Mommy Linda. She, she was reprimanding me, but calling me Mommy Linda. Mommy Linda, the Bible tells us that we cannot love money more than we love Jesus. Have you ever been somewhere where somebody throws the Bible at you and you're like, I don't want to hear that right now. <laughs> That's all I could think. I, was, I even had the thought, if we want a million dollars in the lottery, I'd never have to speak again, right? No more radio shows, no more concert, no more tour. I mean, I was just going down this whole path. And so I went in, we... Uh, we had an amazing service. We had two people give their lives to the Lord. The girls sang fabulously. And um, we walked out. They, they fed us pizza afterwards. And frankly, I forgot about it. And then last night, the, the, that's, yeah, it was last night, that same young man came to our house for Bible study. And don't you know, he walked in the door and showed me the text. And those same numbers won again. And I, 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 I was so upset. I just turned away. I don't even know how much the prize was last time, uh, last night. But um, I turned the other way, and there was that young lady again. Her name is Belinda. I'm, I'm convinced she's a seer, and she has prophetic, uh, the gift of prophecy. But she just looked at me, and she raised her eyebrows, and she said, it doesn't matter, Mommy Linda. It doesn't matter. But you know what? 
that is, and that's very tempting for Christians, right? It was tempting for me. But the, that's where the world puts their faith. They put their faith in luck. They put their faith in coincidence. They put their faith in karma, in fortune, in, I mean, in horoscopes, in zodiac signs, and all of these different things. But the fact of the matter is, as believers, our ultimate belief and our faith and our trust is in the sovereignty of God. Even when Satan tries to tempt even little mommy Linda here with a million dollar lottery numbers, which I'm going to, I think I'm going to tell him now not to tell me anymore if that guy texts him those numbers <laughs> or else I'm going to tell them to go play them without me knowing about it and just give me my cut. Isn't that horrible? I don't even mean that because the next time you find any of these words or these thoughts on your lips, we've got to remember that as Christians, we are in the world, but we're not of the world. So I want to share with you. I've got enough time for one more that's probably going to upset you. But this is the the last one I want to share with you of, as Christians that we should not say. And that is, I feel like I've disappointed God. Now, that sounds like we should be able to say that. But the bottom line is the word disappointment means that we have failed to meet the expectations of God. And you know what? That's kind of like saying that God expects us to do something different than what he already knows that we're going to do. I just want to share with you in my new extra large print Bible that I got what Psalm 139 says. Oh, Lord, you have searched me thoroughly and you know me. <laughs> you know when I sit down. You know when I rise up. You know my entire life, everything I do. You understand my thoughts from afar. <laughs> my husband used to say that that sounds like that uh, how people in the South talk about a fire, that you know my thoughts from a fire, but it's really afar, meaning far off. You scrutinize my path, my lying down, and you are intimately acquainted with all of my ways. Listen to this one. Even before, this is kind of hard for me to believe with my mouth, even before there is a word on my tongue, when it's still unspoken, you know it all. So, I mean, and I can go on with Psalm 139. I love Psalm 139. But here's the bottom line. If God already knows what I'm going to say before I say it, how am I disappointing him? Huh? I can't, I, his expectation, I can't, I can't disappoint him. Now, listen, I can displease him. I can do things that don't please him. But there, I can't surprise God, right? He knows what I'm going to, he already knows what I'm going to do before I do it. Now, many of those things are not pleasing to him, and I need to ask for forgiveness, and I need to repent. But to tell God that I'm disappointing him makes it seem like he has, that I'm surprising him. That something I'm going to do is going to surprise him, or he has no clue what it is, uh, what it is I'm doing. I'm going to end up with the last one, and it's going to be very quick, and it's going to make you mad because there's a whole lot more that we could talk about. But the last thing I want to tell you that as Christians, we do not need to say is... I can't forgive myself. Now, the truth of the matter is, you can't forgive yourself. <laughs> Jesus Christ died on the cross for our forgiveness of sins. We don't even have the ability. I, I would challenge you to find somewhere in the word of God where there's any example of anyone forgiving themselves. There's only two things are two ways that forgiveness is ever talked about in the Bible. And that is horizontal. Is that horizontal? No, that's vertical. Vertically 
and horizontally, right? So we are told constantly to ask others for forgiveness. We're even told if somebody has something against us, not only if we've done something, and I I will I will love to talk with God about that when I do get to heaven. But even if somebody's done something to us or or if they even think we've done something, we are challenged to not only go and forgive them, but even if we're at the altar giving money, we're supposed to get up. If I had won all that lottery money and I was at the altar and while I was there giving that money, I thought about someone that had something against me. It's my job that I have to go and ask for forgiveness, right? I have to go and make that right. And the other person that we sin against is God. And I have several, several scriptures I wanted to read you about, but like even when, um, who was it that was with Pot- that Potiphar's wife accused? I want to say Jacob or Joseph. All of a sudden, I can't remember. I think it was Joseph. Remember when Joseph was there and Potiphar's wife accused her of all the stuff, and and he looked at her and he said, "Listen, I I can't be with you. I can't do anything with you. If I did something that your husband, who is my boss, told me not to do, I would be sinning against God." sinning against God. So that's who we have to ask for forgiveness from. We have to ask for forgiveness from him. Oh, look, that that ends up good, doesn't it? Because we love him and we love them. And those are the two people that we ask for forgiveness from. We have to ask for forgiveness from him and we have to ask for forgiveness from them. But there is nowhere in the word of God that we have to ask forgiveness for ourselves. We don't sin against ourselves. We sin against God. So I just want to close out. And that we could we can do a whole show on that, and I'll be happy to talk about that. But when you hear people say, I just can't forgive myself, you're right. You can't forgive yourself because that's not something that we're supposed to do. We are supposed to ask for forgiveness from God, and we are supposed to ask for forgiveness from others but not from ourselves. So we'll, we'll talk more about that on a later time. But I just want to close out today with reminding you, We are in the world, but we're not of the world. Our words need to be different. We don't need to be speaking the same thing, and especially when it has a demonic realm to it, especially when we're talking about karma or zodiac signs or horoscope or things that God has told us that we are supposed to do, and then we say we're not supposed to do it. When God tells us not only are you supposed to judge evil and good, righteousness and and, and bad things, but you're going to be judging the angels. So I need you to be able to judge. And then we say, oh, it's not my place to judge. It sounds like Moses, right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. I'll just get somebody else to do it. And, and just using things, we just need to be very conscientious of what we say and what the root of that is to, um, to give God the glory, right? Instead of giving a piece of wood the glory, or instead of saying, I'm going to cross my fingers on that. No, we have a sovereign God that has placed the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us. And that Holy Spirit, the same way it says, think about this. In Psalm 139, it says, I know the words on your lips before they even come out of your mouth. That means we kind of have like a Holy Spirit zapper that can zap what we're going to say before if we'll just listen. And I don't know about you, but there are many, many times when I start to say something and I just shut it down, right? That's the Holy Spirit. We've got to learn to listen to that. We've got to learn to, to, to we've got to remember what we say matters. You know, there's another show we have coming up that is going to talk about how the words, they have life and death in our words. We can, we can bring life or we can bring death. And so we need to be conscientious about what we say, what we say, how we say it, 
and what is behind what we say. So I, I want to remind you one more time, just, just to keep on the tip of your tongues, no more wishing good luck, no more, no more talking about karma, no more crossing fingers, uh, no more saying it's not our place to judge, no more saying uh, that we have disappointed God, and no more saying I can't forgive myself. So use this next week to concentrate on what is coming out of your mouth. And most importantly, don't forget to love him and love them. We'd love for you to go to our website, lovehimlovethem.org. Check us out. Come alongside of us. Volunteer with us. Come to Haiti with us. Pray for our children. Pray for all of the civil unrest, the things that we have going on in Haiti. And uh, just join us and have a way to give hope, touch hearts, and change lives throughout the world. Thanks, guys.